Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today's episode is about a question that we get a lot, especially in our mentorship program, and that is, how do you do lesson planning simply and effectively without it being overwhelming. And today what we're actually going to do is play you a session from last year's Rise Up Summit with Kelly Jackson, who does such an amazing job answering this question. Kelly is the um, founder of the Simply Organized Teacher, and she does such an amazing job in this session giving us um, some ideas how to um, start with big picture lesson planning and work down to the day-to-day. If you've ever felt like Am I missing something with lesson planning or is there a better way to do this? I think you're going to find this conversation really, really helpful. So I'm going to play it for you in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to invite you to this year's Rise Up Summit. It is going to be October, um, the weekend of the 21st and 22nd. Um, And then there's also opportunities to watch on demand in the days leading up to and after that. So head to riseupchristianeducators.com to sign up for free. Um, So many amazing sessions we have planned for you this year. But right now, let's listen to this conversation with Kelly Jackson. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rise Up Summit. I'm so excited to have Kelly Jackson with us today from the Simply Organized Teacher. Kelly, thank you so much for being here with us and for uh, doing the session. Yeah, Linda, I'm so excited to be a part of this summit. I've been watching you do it for, what, two years now, I think? Yeah, this is our third year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to be here. And we're going to be talking about a lesson planning the easy way. Um, we, one of my team members was like, Kelly has such amazing resources for and help ideas for lesson planning, which I know can be a really overwhelming area for a lot of teachers until you kind of find your groove. Um, so before we dive into that, do you mind just introducing yourself real quick, telling us a little bit about your experience Yeah, so I'm Kelly and I run the Simply Organized Teacher, which sorry, y'all, I have been sick for like the past week. And so I'm all, you know, you have like the nose and the, so I'm sorry that my voice sounds like my voice is off too. (laughs) So we got. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I taught in the classroom for six years in second and third grade. And during that time, I really um, perfected, I perfected isn't the right word, but just really practiced organization and time management and all those things. Because as much as I loved teaching, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing all of my time. You know, like I wanted to be able to leave school on time and um, not, not spend all of my time thinking and worrying about the classroom. So while I was teaching, I started my blog, The Simply Organized Teacher, that also has a podcast component, uh, The Simply Teach podcast, which you've been on before. And basically, what I do now is just help teachers create organized classrooms so that they can not worry about that and spend more time actually focusing on their kids and their lesson plans and the things that are actually going on inside their classroom instead of worrying about like where this paper went or where I'm going to put that thing. Because that, I mean, we get we get lost in that. There's so much stuff going on in the classroom. So I think that classroom organization and management and all that stuff is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. And so if that's an area where you feel like you could need some more help, we'll link to Kelly's um, blog and some of her resources. Definitely recommend checking that out. Today, we're going to be talking about lesson planning kind of more specifically. Of course, that's like one area that we need to organize. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that you see teachers make when they're lesson planning? 
So I first have to say, whenever you emailed me to be a part of this, and then I saw your notes about being like talking about lesson planning, I was so excited because this really is one of my favorite things to talk about because it was something that while I was in the classroom, I feel like I really worked hard on to get a solid lesson planning routine down. Um, And that's because I was seeing things that were going on at school that were not effective like time management wise when it comes to lesson planning. So the first is just planning in a day by day um, manner. I, I, I tell this story a lot, but I worked with a teacher who would get to school at like five or six in the morning and prep her stuff for that day because, you know, and, and I understand that like, if you can't ever get ahead, then you're just having to go day, day by day. But that's one big area that I see teachers, you know, just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Um, And then the other is, and I know this is kind of controversial. So, but this idea of like, you're going to plan math, you're going to plan reading. I come from elementary. So all of my experiences in the elementary where, you know, I'm teaching multiple subjects. Um, And so one teacher is planning that whole subject and then we're just trading plans. And I understand the purpose of that because it saves time, but it also keeps us from, truly understanding what it is that we're teaching. If you don't take the time to sit down and dig through the standards or I'm in Texas, so the teaks or whatever it is that you're supposed to be teaching, you're just going off of what somebody else planned for you. Then you're not as well prepared to teach that lesson and those concepts. So those are two big things that I see teachers um, making mistakes on when it comes to lesson planning. So that's really interesting. The first one makes total sense to me. That's, you know, that is definitely, you know, we all, when we're there, it's stressful. It's it's not as effective. Um, but the second one's a really interesting one. So you're saying you think it's not, it actually doesn't work out very well. You don't recommend um, kind of trading plans. I guess, I'm assuming you're going to get so, into that a little more. Yes, yes. Um, so the, the thing that I try to teach on my blog and that what we ended up doing on our team that worked really well, I do think there is like you should be sharing, you know, plans and working together. What we did as a team that worked really well is we would sit down and we would plan unit by unit. And instead of saying, so here's another big issue I have with lesson planning is we think of lesson planning as calendaring. Like on Monday, I'm going to teach this. On Tuesday, I'm going to teach this. On Wednesday, I'm going to teach this. That's calendaring. Lesson planning is looking at the standards, looking at the activities that you have, going to Pinterest or Teachers Pay Teachers or your curriculum or whatever, and figuring out how I'm going to teach this. So I think those are two different things. And so I guess I should clarify that one of the issues I see with teachers is calendaring together. Like, oh, here's my calendar of how I'm going to teach this. But that's not going to work for your classroom that has a different set of students that has a different schedule. Um, I know one of the questions you had on here that, you know, we'll get to in a minute, but like in elementary, I went to computer lab on Wednesdays, but the person who was planning math goes to computer lab on Thursdays. So like now I'm having to shift plans. So the problem we were seeing with this idea of calendaring, like I'm going to create this calendar and give it to you. You're going to create that calendar and give it to me is that somebody would spend all their time planning these math lessons that were great. But then when I get the math lessons, well, I want to do this activity instead. And I need to, you know, switch it around because I'm going to computer lab on Wednesday. So then all that time that somebody spent working on these lesson plans is now wasted because I'm still having to figure out that calendar. So, yes. okay. Does that make sense? Does that make yes. more sense? Um, 
And so the idea of like coming together as a team and looking, okay, this is the unit we're covering for the next, I don't know, six weeks. Here is, you know, I'm math is like the easiest one for me to think of, but like my, the experience I have, it would be like, okay, we're covering these three or four standards for this unit um, over the course of three or four weeks. So we would break down each of those standards or TEKS in Texas, and we would um, list out ideas of how we could teach that lesson. So every teacher was sharing, oh, I have this TPT resource, or oh, I have this, or I want to read this book, or whatever. We would put all of those into one big list of activities that a teacher could do to teach that specific concept, um, vocabulary words that went along with that standard. And then each teacher can take those lesson plans back to their own classroom and calendar out what what is going to work. What they're going to do on each them. day. That makes so much sense. Okay. I'm so glad we, we got to kind of dive into that because that makes <laughs> sense. Because if you're just trying to say like, I made the plans, I just take them done. Mm-hmm. And, you're like setting it up an unrealistic expectation and you're going to have frustration because you're, it's not going to just plug into what you're doing. You still have to look at it and figure out, okay, how am I going to explain this? Or what is this? What is this? How does this work? Or I don't like this activity. I don't think it's going to work for my kids or whatever. Um, so using each other as a resource, sharing ideas and, you know, whatever, you know, thoughts and how we're going to do stuff. Um, but realizing you can't just, just trade. Yeah. Is, that, is that kind of, am I understanding that right? Yes, that's exactly, okay. that's exactly right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, um, you do though, have a template you use, right. To keep mm-hmm. your lesson plans thorough, but not overwhelming. Can you share a little bit about that? Like what are some of the key components of the template that you suggest? Okay. So when I, I guess there's three that we could go through. Okay. Um, One is a curriculum map or a year at a glance. And this is just your big bird's eye view of what you're going to be covering week by week. Like no no specifics, just like, okay, this week we're talking again, I'm going to use my elementary experience, but like this week we're talking about prefixes and suffixes. And the next week we're talking about adding um, with regrouping or whatever, like just very bird's eye view. So that's one. Um, the second yeah, in, in be- middle school, real quick, like in for me in middle school math, it would look like we're doing lessons 11.1 to 11.3 this week. It would, yeah, like mm-hmm. really bird's eye view. Really bird's eye. So that way I just, I mean, this was more for me just to make sure that I was covering all the standards within the year, right? And to help me see like, oh, we're going to cover this again, you know, three months from now. So I don't need to spend as much time on it at the beginning of the year, because we're going to circle back to it. So I can, yeah. you know, whatever. So that would be the first would be a year to glance. The second would be a unit planning document. And this is the document that I was just talking about that our team would work on together. So I think this document had maybe four columns on it. It was just like a, you know, a Google doc that we made a, a table on. So the first was the standard, like what, you know, writing out what the standard is, the vocabulary that goes with that standard, and then um, the activities or lessons that we were going to do. So each of these like that I'm putting up is a different column. Is that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then the fourth column was, I think, like how we would assess it, our assessment ideas of what we would do. So these four or five columns, I I think there might've been a fifth where we would talk about sometimes like small group activities that you could do. 
So this document is where we're sitting down as a team and saying, okay, here's what we're covering. Um, here's all the lesson ideas that you can do, whatever. And then the third would be like your physical lesson planning, however a teacher decides to calendar out their lesson plans. So whether that's in a lesson planning book or, you know, on the computer or whatever. But those three things were always with me whenever I was lesson planning because I was, you know, glancing at each of them to see where, you know, where I was in the scope and sequence of, you know, our lessons and then what was expected or what we were planning to cover as a team and then how I was going to, you know, calendar that out for each week. Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. So as we're thinking about that, do you have any recommendations about whether, you know, planning online or a physical planner or a hybrid? Um, do you have any recommendations or a resource that or is it really up to the teacher? I think it's up to the teacher. I I am personally am a paper person, so I've always done lesson plans on paper, but also I know that you know, I've heard from a lot of teachers that say no digital planning and which there's a benefit to that too, because you can take last year's plans and just kind of tweak much more easily than, you know, with paper. I think it's really just up to the teacher, whatever they feel comfortable with. The the year at a glance and unit planning document, in my experience, were always on the computer. They were digital. We would print off copies. um, And then the my actual lesson plans or calendar plans were handwritten out in my, I'm a big Erin Condren teacher lesson planner. <laughs> like that's just always been my favorite, my go-to. Yeah. We just actually put put together our own planner and the lesson planning one, the one with lesson plans was way more popular than the one without. I was really surprised. So a lot of people agree with you and like paper lesson plans. I always did mine in Excel. <laughs> um, so the point is here though, you're saying it really doesn't matter. It's like that, that part, it's just whatever you feel more Mm -hmm. comfortable with. That's not, it's not a question to get too hung up on. Yeah, I don't think so. What is going to make you more excited to sit down and lesson plan? I loved lesson planning because I love strategizing and figuring out, like even as a business owner, that is like my favorite thing to do is, is, you know, figuring out my calendar. When am I going to, you know, sell this thing or when am I going to launch this or promote this or whatever? Um, So I loved that aspect of lesson planning. So but I know other teachers, you know, hate lesson planning. So whatever is going to get you most motivated to sit down and get it done, I would say go with that. Okay, awesome. So how do you manage like the extra components of lesson planning? So like after you make lesson plans, you know, you sit down and you calendar, they always produce all these to-dos, right? Like Mm -hmm. I got to get this together or make copies or get supplies. Do you have any systems that you recommend to keep track of all those things that you need to do or supplies and such? Yeah. So the workflow that I use and that I teach, um, you can get this on my blog and I think I've got a podcast about it. We can, I've got a link for you actually that you can share with your teachers that has all of this information. Um, But my kind of workflow was that Wednesdays and Thursdays during my conference period or after school, just kind of depending on how my day was, you know, was going or how my day, you know, if I had meetings or whatever, those days would be when I would sit down and take my curriculum map, my year to glance and my unit planning document. And I would actually calendar out my lesson plans for the upcoming week. So that was usually Wednesday, Thursday. I'd map it all out. As soon as I got it all mapped out, then I would take um, these big sticky notes, like lined sticky notes. And I would go through every activity that I had planned for the upcoming week. And I would write on this sticky note, um, print this document. And I would even put in parentheses, like pages 36 and 37 out of this document, you know, whatever, um, make this anchor chart, 
type up this document, what every little thing that I needed to do to have materials ready um, for the upcoming week would be listed out on this blue sticky note that then I could stick in my lesson plan with, you know, for next week. That was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This was like my routine every Friday during conference period and after school time, I would just run through that list and take care of all of those things, make those copies, make those anchor charts, uh, print everything off that I needed. I would organize them into my organizing drawers, which we can get into if you want, but that was kind of my process. Wednesday, Thursday plan Friday, create all of those materials that I needed. So that way I could leave Friday afternoon, having everything ready to go for the upcoming week. Because I think that's the biggest thing is like teachers are taking stuff home on the weekends and working on lesson plans and then having to come in Monday and make those copies. And like my number one rule, well, I have two number one rules. (laughs) My two like top rules for organization is everything needs a home and never leave Friday without next week's lesson plans and materials ready. If you can't get the whole week, at least have Monday stuff done by the time you leave Friday afternoon. That's such good advice. I did the same thing. I always said, I want to have everything done for the next week before the week starts. And I remember mm-hmm. my first year, there were typically, there were some things I would, I would be like, I still, cause I would be writing a lot of my own career. I was, I wrote a lot of my own, you know, stuff mm-hmm. making my own quizzes and whatever. Um, but I would have like as few things as possible and, I, and they would have to get done over the weekend. Then I had to show up Monday with everything done mm-hmm. and ready for the week. And that does alleviate so much stress that you're always working on the next week. So you have a little more, <laughs> a little more wiggle room. That's yeah. so helpful. And um, just, just to share another's perspective, um, I think it's sometimes helpful to hear how different people handle it. Um, I love that way how you kind of batched it. You did Wednesday, Thursday, I do the planning. Friday, I like co- copy everything. I did mine a little bit differently. I would... Um, I would just plan kind of throughout the week as like, as I had time and I would just open up any of the documents. I, Cause I did a lot on the computer. Almost everything was on the computer. I wasn't making physical copies from books. Mm-hmm. I was making copies from what I had stored on my computer. And right. so I would open up tabs throughout the day as I planned. And then before I left, I would print everything and I would go and just make all my copies. So I would do like once, almost like once a day, I would mm-hmm. go and make everything that I had. And then, yeah, I'd put them in the spot. So I knew right where they were and check that off the list. <laughs> So that's how I did it. So it kind of, I think the key, it sounds like it's just having a system, right? Like having a procedure. So you're not having to waste brain energy, trying to think of when am I going to do this? You just Mm -hmm. know, you have kind of a time to batch it, whether it's daily or weekly or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Systems and routines are like the biggest key to being an organized teacher. Awesome. Okay. How far do you, how far out do you recommend lesson planning at a time? I think just a week ahead is enough. You know, today I'm working on, you know, today, today is actually Thursday. So I would be working on lesson plans for next week. Um, Of course, you want to have your year at a glance, hopefully done before school even starts. And that's something that really shouldn't change a whole lot from year to year. If you're staying in the same grade level, um, unit planning would be done, of course, ahead of time. Like whenever your team sits down to plan if you do have a team meeting time whenever you plan. But as far as like scheduling out what you're going to teach and when you're going to teach it, I think just a week ahead is enough. If I knew that um, I was going to be out like next Thursday or Friday, I would go ahead and at least write out my plans for the, the next two weeks to try and just help myself, you know, 
I always want to help out future Kelly. So if I can help out future Kelly now by, you know, writing out two weeks worth of plans, then that's helpful. But I think just one week at a time is plenty because things are going to change. Right. If we if you know, we dig in like a month, we're not going to be able to stick with it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Oh, how about future Kelly? That's a great way to think about it. To think about right? it. I mean, yeah. it's like you go on vacation and you come home and you've got, you know, a clean house and groceries are already ordered. You're like coming home. You know, it's just such a good feeling to come into something and, and already having, you know, helping out your future self. So yeah, I'm a big advocate yeah. for that. <laughs> I love that. So I had another question, but I, I, this has just popped in my head first. So what do you have any thoughts for teachers that don't have, um, don't have team meetings? Like maybe like when I taught, there was no other middle school math teacher. Mm-hmm. It was all me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can, I can share a little bit about how I handled that, but do you have any thoughts for it? I'm, I'm going to say, I never had like a unit doc like that. Do you think that's still something helpful to just make brain dump your stuff, brain dump ideas into there? Or would you go straight from, like that's what I did. I t- kind of went straight from c- curriculum gu- guide for the year, mm-hmm. or what do we call that? Year at a glance, curriculum year guide, glance, curriculum, yes, year whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, year, the year at a glance, and then I went just straight to and and mm-hmm. so when I was making, I wasn't just calendaring. I was saying, how am I going to teach this? Right, um, was kind of part of that. Um, but do you have any thoughts or recommendations on? Yeah, I think that? if you're a teacher, you know, a lone teacher for your grade level or your um, subject. I think the unit planning document was what our team came up with to help us support each other with all of our Mm. ideas. Yeah. So I think if you're the only one doing it, that unit planning document isn't totally necessary unless you wanted to create kind of a, a system. If this is something you foresee yourself teaching for a long time, where you kind of dump all of your ideas for teaching this specific standard or whatever, that that could be helpful, but that unit planning document came to our team because there was this, oh, I planned this lesson, but then I see you actually doing a different lesson. I want that lesson. Why didn't you tell me about it? That kind of thing to support each other with lesson. So it's a way to collaborate where you're Mm -hmm. you're not repeating work, but you're also not forcing each other to do the exact same thing. So it's like the best of both both worlds. And so that's more for collaborative. So if I'm planning on my own, I might just go straight from year at a glance to calendar. That calendaring, yeah. that's how I did. I would I would be thinking through what do I want what do I want to mm-hmm. do? And you could even on your year at a glance, you know, if you are teach if you are alone in this, you could even put some lesson ideas on there. There were some times in my year at a glance where I had something that, you know, I bought on TPT that I really didn't want to forget that I, how many things do we buy from teachers pay teachers or these resources that we get that we forget that we have because we buy them so far in advance. So sometimes I would write on there like, oh, I, I want to remember this lesson for this specific topic that I'm going to be teaching. So you could kind of blend them there. It just might be a bigger year at a glance document. But if it's just you yeah. using it, then that's okay. Or the, or like have a, just a document with just like a space, even per unit where you can just mm-hmm. dump in, you know, this activity, yeah. <laughs> just, just thought like things that you have. So you don't, for, don't forget. Yeah. That's a really right. good idea. Okay. Very, very cool. All right. You also have we some amazing videos on YouTube about curriculum mapping, right? Mm-hmm. So um, can you share a little bit about uh, just about that. Do you have any advice or tips or how that works together? So the curriculum map and year at a glance kind of go together. And I 
this is like a very popular video <laughs> that is on YouTube. I've always we'll have getting to comments to and stuff that people are watching it. Yeah. And basically it's just the process that I went through, because again, I'm such a paper person is I would map all this out on a big piece of chart paper or butcher paper or whatever. Um, mapping out like, okay, this month I'm going to be covering these topics for these subjects. And, you know, these are some lessons that I want to remember. Like I was just saying that I want to remember to incorporate into teaching that. And so I would map it all out on paper. Um, I always had my standards right there with me next to me. So that way I can make sure that I am every standard is being addressed at some point during the year. Um, And then I would just trans translate it onto the computer into another Google doc that with, you know, a column for each subject that I teach. I think it's also important to think about holidays uh, that either you're going to have at school or holidays that are, you know, you have the day off uh, to, to be thinking about that in that curriculum map. So that way, you know, okay, yes, this is going to be a four day week. So I need to make sure that I'm considering that when I'm actually calendaring out or scheduling out my lesson plans. I love that. So we'll link to that video. Um, man, I think I think for some people it just comes intuitively. You know, mm-hmm. like I think, I don't know, for me, I, I'm a I'm a planner, I got that analytical mind. No one had to teach me how to do that. I just sat down and did it on the days yeah. and you know, like how yeah. long are you gonna spend on this? I love that. But I think for for those of us that are like, oh, that like fear fills me with fear, um, we'll have to link to your video so where you can kind of walk. Well, and that's also an important thing that you mentioned about like how long to spend on something because I, so my district that I worked in had a scope and sequence that they gave us. So that way I knew that this unit was supposed to be 12 days or 18 days or whatever. I know that some teachers don't have that. So that's going to be, that. that is a challenge where you're either going to have to talk to other team members if you have them and figure out like, what is the expectation, you know, how long should we theoretically plan for this unit to be or asking admin or coaches or somebody, if you are are the only person teaching the subject, you're going to have to get feedback from somewhere. Even if it's a Facebook group, you know, of teachers that teach the same subject as you, how long to expect to teach that lesson. The first time you do it, it is going to be trial and error where you, you know, maybe plan two weeks for something and you're like, oh, that was not enough time to go over that. And so making those improvements on your year at a glance, maybe, you know, have a year at a glance for this year, but then make a copy of it for next year where you can go in and kind of adjust things as the year is progressing. So that way you have it for, for the next year where you, with, um, you know, we, when we sit down at the, in a summer to plan for the upcoming year, we've already forgotten things that happened the last yeah. school year. So that's also another thing. If you have never created something like this before and you want to do this, don't feel this pressure to go create this right now. Create it as you go throughout the year. Okay, week one, we're doing this. Week two, we're doing this. And just add in what you're doing as you go. So that way the next year, when you at least go to sit down to map it all out, you have a framework of where to start. Yeah, that's such great advice. Cause you're right. This isn't like a, going to be perfect the first time you do it. It's almost like a mm-hmm. living a living document, but it's still so worth it. You know, even if, well, you know, like right now it's actually, depending on if you're listening to this live or if you're watching Lady on the All Access Pass, if you're in the middle of the year, I love that advice. Just just keep track mm-hmm. of what you're doing so that next year you can you can start it. But even if you're just kind of want, if you want to think, man, that would be helpful to have. 
I think there's value just in guessing. <laughs> like if you're like, I really don't know, you know, but, but putting something down. So you have some idea if mm-hmm. you're on track, you've at least thought through. And then, like you said, tweaking every year, taking yeah. notes. And yeah, the first year I did it, it was like not quite right by year three or four. It was, it was spot on. <laughs> it was right. <laughs> but that that's where the experience comes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, how do you allow, do you do anything in your lesson planning that allows for flexibility? So like if your class isn't, you know, you you're behind or there's a snow day or whatever else, do you build anything into your lesson plans for that? Yeah. So this was something that I'm mad at myself that I did not figure out to like my last year of teaching, but I, I eventually got to the point where I started planning for only four days a week uh, because at least in my experience, I taught in a dual language program. So I shared my kids with another teacher. And then on top of that, we had computer lab and library and, oh my gosh, so many assemblies and fire drills and snow in Texas. We don't really have snow days, although I guess in 2021 we did (laughs) right with the whole, you know, Texas snowstorm fiasco. But I just started planning for four days a week because it was inevitable that I would plan for five days a week and I would never get to all five days. There was one class that every week missed the math lesson because we had computer lab. So it was like, they were never going to be at the same spot as the first class that I, you know, both classes were never going to be at the same spot simply because of that fact. So planning for four days allowed me the flexibility to make up lessons on Friday that didn't get completed. I just, you know, could shift things that it's not like Friday was a free day in the sense of, like, oh, we're going to just do stations and play around and do nothing. No, there was always something to do because there's always something that is coming up in the classroom, whether it's even just a behavior issue that, you know, messes up your lesson. And now you've got to, you know, move it to later on in the week, you know, so that uh, was a very helpful thing that I found that just kind of took the pressure off of me of feeling like I had to get to every lesson. It kept me from wasting a lot of paper that I would, you know, make copies or whatever, and then never get to them because something happened. I love that. So you like identified, I'm only, I'm always having the same issue. (laughs) Mm-hmm. How can I, how can I adjust? How can I plan? I love that so much that it was reminding me of my situation was different. You know, we'd, we'd miss days here and there, but I only, you know, I had only had the kids for 50 minutes. Like I need, I, that wouldn't have made sense in my situation, but mm-hmm. I know one thing I did was I was always keeping an eye on the curriculum, the year at a glance. And I kind of identified places that I could skip. So I had my eye on like, this lesson is less important. I think I even starred mm-hmm. some lessons in, in the year at a glance where I'm like, if we're on track, we'll teach it. But if we're behind, we won't. And so I'd always kind of keep an eye on those. So that way, if, you know, snow day, whatever, things always are coming up. I didn't need it. I didn't need a free day every week, but I needed them every now and then. And I just mm-hmm. kind of keep an eye. And I do think having some type of plan like that alleviates so much of the stress. Cause you're not then like, what am I going to do? It's just like, okay, we'll just bump everything a day or, you know, I'll just, just move this around a little bit. So I, I love that. That's such a great idea. Well, and that's why that year at a glance or curriculum map is so helpful because it lets you know that this is, I taught second grade. And for whatever reason, our curriculum in second grade circled this, like we talked about fairy tales and fables so many times throughout <laughs> the year. Like I was just like, I'm over fairy tales and fables, but it was also freeing because I knew that this was something that I could be like, I already mentioned this a little bit, but like skip out on 
to an extent, not, not teach, but not friend. If yeah, right. <laughs> if I didn't go in as in depth with it, because I knew that it was coming back. The other thing that would be important, easy if you're doing it on computer, but writing lesson plans and pencil. I always wrote my lesson plans and pencil because I was always having to erase things. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. That's such a good advice. Yeah. And when I use Excel, we would just, yeah, lots of copying and pasting move, move down, yeah. but yeah, just yep, pencil exactly. arrows. Yeah. So, so we're kind of emerging in a principle here too, of, of flexible, flexibility with a plan though, like being yes. flexible doesn't mean you just don't plan anything. You have a plan, but you have some contingencies and you're willing, you're not scared to move things around as you need to. That's really helpful. Wow. You've, you've shared so, so many great things, so many helpful things. Do you have just kind of any final tips or something that we didn't talk about yet that you feel like would be helpful for people to know? I think two things. One is having a spot in your classroom where all of these lesson plan materials can go because you take all this time to plan it out. You want to make sure that you have the materials that you need ready to go again by Friday afternoon, if possible, if possible. So for me, that looked like I used plastic drawers. They were a set of three, you know, 12 by 12 inch plastic drawers that I could, I had folders in them for each subject that I taught. So every, you know, Monday had like a math reading. Um, I guess those were the only two subjects I taught. So you know, a folder for each class that I taught math and reading for, and all the copies went in there. And I had that for each day of the week. So that way I could easily just put my copies in there. I've seen teachers do it in a milk crate box with hanging folders for each day of the week or each lesson, you know, those um, really tall, like 12 drawer plastic rolly cart things. I, you know, you see that all over our Pinterest and everything. So there's tons of different ways to do it. And on the link that I've given you, it's um, how to organize lesson plans. It's like basically a hub where I've got all of my lesson plan resources that I've created on the Simply Organized Teacher are all on this one page. So you can awesome. go and just kind of click we'll around. that for sure. Um, but on there, I've got a tour or a video of how I use my lesson planning drawer. So I think that's one thing that's really important. Have a spot where all of this can go. The second thing thinking about papers is having a plan for what is going to happen to that paper after it goes out to the students to work on. What is the flow? What is the, the plan of how that paper is going to get back to you to grade and then get back to the students to go home? Because one of the biggest things I hear from teachers is paper organization and the struggle of organizing papers. Now that's been alleviated a little bit to an extent because of COVID and everything went online. So there are a lot more teachers utilizing online platforms, but there's still a need for paper. And I think it's so important to take time to actually, I know it sounds silly, but like map out how a paper is going to flow through your classroom, at least a student paper. So that way you're not having to figure out, you're not having to figure it out as it goes. Do you mean just like thinking through, okay, when am I going to give this to them? Um, do they keep it or do they turn it back in? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where are how, they going to turn are they it, turning back it back in? Where does it yep. go once? Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, just thinking through the, the life cycle of the piece of paper. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and I, this probably wouldn't need to be thought through like for every single, like you, you would just develop like a system or one or two right. systems and you'd repeat them the whole, like the whole year basically. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. Okay. And I've, 
given you a link, um, the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash rise. And that is for anybody here that wants to go and download. I've got a student paper workflow guide that if you are listening or watching and you want to go download that, it, I walk you through the, the flow that my papers went through and how I awesome. handled missing work and how I got uh, papers back to kids that, you know, they didn't do well on and they needed to correct and, and how those papers would go back to them and then come back to me and how they would get to their mailboxes and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's something that, you know, I've seen, I've been in teachers' classrooms where it's just a stack of papers this high and that's stressful. What teacher wants to sit down and be like, oh yes, let's just go through this stack of papers, right? <laughs> so if you take time ahead of time to figure out what that life cycle of that paper is going to be, then it makes it more manageable. And then you're not sitting down to grade a huge stack of papers, hopefully. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I hope you guys, if you I, can tell, Kelly has so many great resources. So definitely go check them out. We'll link to some of those things specifically that you mentioned. Um, yeah, so as we finish up, what, can you just tell people where is the best place to connect with you and your resources, um, your website and anything else that you recommend? Yeah. So everything lives on the simplyorganizedteacher.com, the blog, the podcast, all that kind of stuff. I've got courses and a lot of free downloads. Um, and then if you want to actually like connect with me or send me a DM, I'm on Instagram at the simply organized teacher. And that's my favorite place to hang out. So I would love to connect with you who are watching. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you guys found this conversation helpful. Thank you again so much for being here. And once again, I want to remind you um, to sign up for the Rise Up Summit. You will not want to miss it. It's completely free. Uh, the weekend of October 21st and 22nd, go to riseupchristianeducators.com to sign up. We have so many amazing sessions that are in the works right now. You can check them all out over there and sign up for free at riseupchristianeducators.com. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.